interesting heroes trending in pro matches. Like CK is getting picked. I think it's getting picked carry. Yeah, Arteezy's picking a lot of CK. Oh, Zai actually picked CK. Nice. Um, Enchantress is trending. Luna is trending. I mean, that's your video. Yeah. Well, Let's see, what a Mason build. Did he go magic build? I, th I think it's more so just the talents. It's like regular Mason build Mason did go magic build. He did, really. Yeah, he went Sheepstick, Yasha and Kaya, Ags, Veil of Discord. Wow, interesting. No, he went straight up magic build as the carry. All right. <clears throat> yeah, let's see. What did Eternal Envy do? No, dude, you're, you're like legit onto something with that. I like the idea of not going... Um, of not going, uh, or sorry, of going the magic build despite being carry. Like I like that. Like conceptually, I think that's cool. Yeah, it, like it, you're it like a, pretty you're well. like a morphling. Right, it works pretty well too because instead of having to wait until like thirty minutes to be strong, you're strong at like fifteen minutes, and then you still have the ability to kill buildings fast because you're Luna. Honestly, have you played with Luna and like maxing glaives and shit? It feels, it feels awful. Like it feels bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's like they're just heroes that farm faster if you do that. And with Luna, like she wants to push with her aura anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. It kind of makes a lot of sense to me that there's that like the build is trending to to go from the eclipse build because you know ge generally if a hero comes back into the meta, it's not just like oh the thing that everybody was doing is now good again. No, it's like it's usually like there's a completely new thing people are doing on the hero that makes it good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One second, my webcam just died. Give me a second to fix it. You have very strong, uh, very nice, strong neck elevated. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sweet. Uh, Tide Hunter is kind of trending too. Interesting. Solar Crest, Vlad's. Interesting. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like Tide is that great. I don't know. Naga is trending. Faceless Void. Oh, wow. Faceless Void has a good amount of picks. Yeah, I saw quite a few people picking it recently. Uh, I know that there's... Who was I watching earlier? I think I was watching uh, 23 Savage. He was playing Void earlier as well. It's actually, like, almost in the top. Like, it's 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 getting picked a good amount. Like, it's... 500 picks over the last seven days of pro matches really oh, oh. yeah no it's it's legit it's legit enchantress is picking up too like she's picking up steam hmm. 408 picks that's a good amount luna's like just getting discovered 190 picks there we go hey it's my face there you are is Batrider a good pick? Yes. Yes, he is. Oh, Mind Control and Zai played... Uh, played... Clinks. Those are offlane players. Hmm. Huh. I wonder what he picked against. Oh, he picked against AM. Yeah, probably d Dumpster's AM in, in, in game. Did you see the, um, the Chinese qualifier where Jin Q played support clinks no was that on purpose yeah he he played support clinks i think he was landing with a mars so i mean that's kind of interesting like it was, was offline clinks and he basically uh who are they against it was against a hero that was reasonably good against mars i think and they just like shut him down by just harassing them forever he, like he couldn't approach the creep wave because he was just eating like six or seven searing arrows every time yeah it seems pretty good pugna is also trending a little bit it's like played as a mid mm-hmm Oh, Matt played it and Zai played it, but I don't know, man. What do they build? Damn, been watching for four months, went from 1K to 4K MMR with the help of your videos. That's awesome, dude. Thank that's you. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous amounts of MMR. <laughs> that's like that's like a lifetime's worth of MMR in four months. You should, you should be doing the videos, man, not us. <laughs> Thank God. All right, I'm trying to scroll up and find... When was the last alchemy answer? 16th? Okay. Yeah. This is on the 16th, so I imagine we skip these. Yeah, we skip these. 19th. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm good to go. We, we as usual, we don't have all that many questions. There's like ten to fifteen questions. That's good. That's fine. So, decent amount. Not 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 a shitload though. Bro, I lose eight hundred men in my main account. That's a lot of that's a lot of men to lose. <laughs> that is a lot of men to lose, man. You gotta keep track of your men. Yep, yep. You wanna make sure not to lose those. You wanna gain them. You wanna gain men. Thank you. You wanna thank me for my support sniper and being a position four. You know what? That was um the way I see it, you know, you you have uh What's his name? That one idiot. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, the guy that made all the paintings and inventions. Uh, you have that guy. And he's got the the Mona Bart or something like that, right? This Mona Bart painting, it's like one of the best paintings of, of life. Uh, people go in and look at it from all around the world. And for me, the support sniper video is probably, it's like my Mona Bart. Um my greatest like work of art. And I genuinely think that uh, I've contributed a great deal to the to the world. I don't know about you, Donnie, but I feel like I've kind of changed the history. I've changed the history of the world with that one. And conceptually, things are going to change in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, are you comparing yourself to Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, that, that guy that it. like uh, existed in like ancient Greece and yeah. did all the paintings and engineering. Yeah. That idiot, right? I mean, he's not that smart, but then again, I am the guy that made the support sniper video. So, you know, a lot of people are idiots to me. Right. Totally. So, I get especially it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo, Di Leonardo DiCaprio, more like. As you like to call him, right? Yeah. yeah. I really liked his um, his namesake, Leonardo da Vinci in Titanic. Like, that guy is a pretty good actor. He's in a lot of really good movies. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in Avatar as well. Mm-hmm. One of the most grossing movies of all time. Although, not number one anymore, because uh, Avengers Endgame Avengers. is now number one. That one, that one stars... Uh, is it... Is it Bach or or Beethoven? Tubac. It's Tubac. Tubac. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Yep, yep. We're good to start answering questions soon, if you want. Uh, we have a decent amount of people. Yeah, hit me with it. There's a lot of like intellectual discussion going on in chat with the different things and in, in you know art and history of what we're talking about. It's good. Uh, so is, is the, the intro's done? Like we we don't need to roll the intro. We're just oh, good to go. Right. Okay. Well, welcome to Alchemy Answers episode 41. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, this is the show where we answer questions from our patrons as well as chat. Um, so if you would like your question guaranteed answered, check out Patreon.com/slash/DotaAlchemy, and uh, we've got a little bit of an exciting announcement. We um, are going to be releasing some t-shirt designs pretty soon that we're pretty excited about. And uh, you can see those under our community page here on YouTube. And you should let us know which one you like best. It's the okay. most recent post. Uh, I like the top right one in uh, the first picture, if you put them in the same order. Yeah, with the, the circular alchemy underneath. Love it. Love it. I love the size of everything, the proportions. It's all... It all, it's all good. It's all seems nice. Cool. Yep, yep. Anyway. All right. Let's get into it. So, first and foremost, we have Rage. He says, as a position four, what's your highest priority in the first five, first ten minutes of a match? If multiple lanes are going badly, which lane should get priority of you rotating to? And if the enemy mid is snowballing... Is it your responsibility to rotate to help out? This is as a four. As a four, yeah. Um, yeah, as a position four. So your highest priority in the first five minutes will really depend on the draft um, in an ideal scenario. It's not always easy to figure out. I'm not saying that it's easy to figure out. Uh, I know we're supposed to, you know, be telling telling you dota things but and it's just saying that it's hard to figure out is but but that's like what pros struggle with is like choosing what lane is the best to help out but sometimes it's fine to try lane if you have an idea that you think you can execute like okay this 
dual lane off lane is really weak. If we punish this, I think they have no win condition. Then you should just try lane. If you have an off lane, an off laner that can apply a lot of pressure and their carry is important. Let's say their carry is something like a Naga or most, most carries, honestly, even like a jug is good to pressure. Then you could just sit in the lane and pressure the jug. Um, if their mid is is like the win condition, so let's say there's like a Medusa or something like that, then you might value more rotating on the mid. Or if the mid is very easy to kill, like a Shadow Fiend, who's also a decent amount of a win condition, you can rotate on mid. So basically what I'm saying is all you should do is you should look at a draft and try to think of what is the best way to just make the game as easy as possible for you uh, by fucking over one or two of their heroes, realistically, and then just stick to those heroes and a lot of the time it's just one hero you just have to pick one hero and you just mess with them the entire game and you'll and you'll win the game and yeah. a lot of the time i'd say like 70 percent of the time it's the carry these days but sometimes it's mid sometimes it's the offlane and you want to try lane yeah i do want to ad address the second point which was if all of your lanes are going badly and that's i think where most people make the biggest mistakes in dota is like if you're behind then you feel pressured to suddenly somehow come back in all of your lanes and that's just not possible if you're behind if you're losing all three lanes you need to figure out who is the most vulnerable person on the other team and then try and win one lane just win one lane if you're losing all three and that's better than losing three lanes and right you're you're basically saying it's like very possible and easy to spread yourself too thin and you yes. just don't help anywhere it happens all wow. the time like so many times you'll see one lane winning and then the other two lanes are losing and then the support will leave the, the winning lane go to the losing lane and now the winning lane is losing because it's a one against two and then that support that left doesn't actually have enough to help the lane that they went to so you end up losing all three lanes because you basically just sacrificed your winning lane to try and save something that you didn't need to save yeah generally generally in like a five minute window you're gonna be you're gonna be like between two lanes and yep. mostly in one of them you're gonna be like sitting mostly mid or sitting mostly top while possibly rotating on runes or let's say the lane is pushing in to your offlane tower you don't need to be there unless yep. you really think that the enemy team can threaten why would you be there soaking experience from the guy that you're supposed to be enabling you're not doing your job if you're not enabling him and it's not enabling him to soak experience so uh, yeah, you can definitely rotate between two lanes and then like at the five minute mark, you can switch which one of those lanes are. So you'll go between mid and bot instead. But generally it's kind of like you have this window of like three to six minutes um, where you're just sitting between two lanes, mostly in one of them. And then you switch it uh, to be the opposite lane. And that depending on, you know, sometimes you don't, but sometimes you do. And that's fine when, when you play three lanes like that. But it's usually after like five minutes that you play three lanes. Um, okay, that's a lot of information, I think. That's 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 a good amount of... Um, if multiple lanes are going badly, yeah, we kind of answered that already. Okay, so Shadow says, what's the deal with Phoenix in the past months? Barely gets talked about. Uh, not like it needs to, but Phoenix is just in such a balanced spot that he does nothing too good or too bad. Uh, there was the pure, pure damage, the magic damage nerf. He's always received buffs, a little cooldown here, a little damage there, but he's never a top five hard lane support slash team fight conversation hero. Uh, what do we think? Uh, I literally just won a game as Phoenix like an hour ago. So I don't know. I think he's still, he's, I think he's still a reasonably good hero. Um, he's just pretty terrible in lane until level three. Um, but I mean, if you pair him with a strong offlaner, like, I don't know, something something that provides you with good harass, like maybe a Beastmaster or something like that, somebody who wants to lane but also um, can kind of hold their own against two heroes while the Phoenix just kind of, like, sits around and, like, does pulls and provides a little bit of harass here and there, um, I think it can be pretty good because then, especially if you pair it with an offlane hero who wants to take a tower and then rotate to take another tower because then you can give Phoenix the lane while you go rotate and continue to make space and then you basically yeah. end up with four cores because phoenix is like legitimately one of the highest damage heroes in the entire game once you get to the mid game a common one is uh centaur phoenix people mm -hmm. would uh give the centaur a decent lane until he gets like a blink dagger and some small items and then phoenix can just be greedy for the rest of the game because realistically if you think about the way that something like a centaur or an axe plays in the mid game uh, it's mostly like standing around the team, just getting ready to fight and to initiate. Like you want to play with your team, you want to play out of vision. Mm -hmm. So 
having a phoenix be able to take greedy areas of the map and actually secure farm and jungle and push out waves it's pretty nice and the phoenix obviously benefits from that and then the centaur can just be like all right i'll just do my thing i'll walk around and kill people it's uh kind of like the three two three point fives sort of idea that that's one of the first heroes that people did the whole three uh 3.5 thing was with is when there's like a phoenix dark willows uh very similar where if a willow is snowballing she can just become a core and then you just have the offliner kind of play like a support you mm-hmm. know and it's just because getting that blink tiger is very important and then you just at, at that point it's not that important to get more items on centaur really like if you think about it what what item other than a blink tiger it, it provides is like that much for a centaur a pipe a hood i mean any hero can get those things you know it's not like it's not like anything else is like as an integral as that. Yeah, it's like um, you, you blink, you press R, and then maybe later on you have a BKB or something like that, something that provides you some utility. And still, that doesn't do that much because who cares? Like, who cares right. if it's not a BKB? So yeah, Phoenix makes it makes a lot of sense with with that sort of year. But I, I think Phoenix is good. I think Phoenix is is currently trending right now. I know there's a decent amount of four positions that are playing Phoenix. Um, yep. It has at above like- 50% win rate, which is always a pretty good tell whether a hero is reasonably good. Um, and I think one important thing to note is that it does have a 90 GPM talent at level 10, which is a pretty like easy way to tell if a hero is viable right now as a support <laughs> hero. Like yeah, If you have yeah. a 90 GPM talent, there's a pretty good chance that you can make it work. Yeah, GPM is so nice. It's so nice. Just items are good. Yeah. <laughs> items are good, and that gives you items. Okay. So Eddie Mercury says, how do you properly execute Nagra Trilane? What sort of heroes do you need? What should each person be doing? Then it's a minute. I played a game with some peeps. We ran Sven Grimm ES against Troll Shaman Clock. Any thoughts on how it should have worked? Okay, so I don't know if ES is Earthshaker or or Earth Spirit. Uh, Both of those heroes are pretty good. So the problem against Troll, Shaman, Clock is that Troll and Shaman are two ranged heroes, and with Sven, Grim, ES, you are uh, two melee heroes, and then a Grimstroke, who's really weak. So they could technically out-trade you guys. Yeah. But I think that you have a decent amount of kill threat on them. So, I mean, Trilanes are basically just about who executes their buttons better. Um, and if you have easier, uh, but I, I think both of those trilanes are pretty good. Yeah, I think both of those trilanes are good. I think that basically you're looking for one person to step out of position and then like burst them to twenty percent HP or kill them, and then at that point the the lane is basically won because either they have to go regen or they leave the lane or something like that, and then that's all you really need. Um, and if you can get to that point, then you just have one person pulling, and the other two people play the the. Or what would you think? What do you think? If if you have a three against two, do you keep it three against two, or do you have one person pull and then do a two on two? It depends on where the lane is shoved to. Like mm-hmm. if you can kill them, you keep three. Right. But if you're just not able to kill them at all, then you just there, there's no point in sitting there like double denying it. Nobody does that anymore. Right. Um, I would also say like as a as another note, your Grimstroke should be taking range creep CS with Stroke of Fate. And uh, likewise, on their side, like, Troll should be using his axes to get range creep CS. Like, a lot of how trilanes are going is about, like, how you control the, how you control, like, the first couple of waves uh, and get as many last hits as possible. Because you can get, like, a couple of sticks before the enemy team has a stick, and then you you have stick a stick in a trilane when the enemy trilane doesn't have a stick, you just win. Like... Mm-hmm. Trilanes are 100%. Like Trilane v Trilane is 100% skill based. It's it's pure like pure mechanics. That, yeah. That's not like that's not like normal laning. Try that's why aggro trilaning is so dangerous because like if you go aggro trilane you fuck up, then you have to send your carry against an offlaner that was solo and they get owned, and then they send your offlaner against a trilane that won, yeah. and then they got that. And they it's eat pretty a bunch of, pretty game losing to do that. It's really it's really game losing unless you're guaranteed that your trilane is like significantly better than theirs. Right. Which I think Grim ES Sven is good for killing, but if you, if you just play the harass game with them, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that you can try to do, was this an this was an aggro trilane that they were playing? Yes. Um I kind of feel like maybe you just like immediately shove the first wave. Or maybe maybe you immediately shove You should definitely shove the wave at some point and side pull. 
because that's another way to like heavily win a tri lane is to just deny them a wave of experience. Yeah, definitely. You definitely want to pull as much as possible. It's like typical yeah. laning. You pull the lane back as much as possible, deny as much XP as possible, and uh, you know deny as much as you can, last hit as much as you can. You want to get like these slight leads, right. so that way it's easier to play later. But I would say like you you shouldn't aggro tri lane unless you're unless there's some other matchup that you're trying to win by aggro tri laning or you are like guaranteed to win the aggro tri lane like there has to be a specific purpose for for aggro laning otherwise it's it's incredibly risky and people don't normally do it like right. you can aggro lane if you're getting like a bat rider versus centaur matchup in one of the other lanes because then it's like okay you can just go even in the lane kind of get your sven like a little bit fucked on cs troll will get fucked as well but then you have a bat versus a centaur so you just need to like you know, do what you can to, to, to survive the lane. Like, you only do it if you're guaranteed to win another lane because the aggro tri lane is absolutely no guarantee. Right. Most of the time. Uh, anyway, so Jew says, J00, how can you get items that require the main shop to yourself in the side lanes in lower brackets when your supports don't even know or think how to bring you items? I feel like I can't use the courier until three plus minutes into the game. Yet having things like Ring of Bassi or Wraith Bands or whatever is very important for securing the lane. I disagree that it's that important. I think you should focus on buying stuff from the side shop like as much as possible. I I mean, number one, shop to lane with more regen. If, if you're running out of regen in the first three minutes, then you have a regen problem or you're playing like way too aggressively. So I don't think you should be remotely close to running out of regen until like four or five minutes into the lane. At that point, you should be able to get a courier. Yeah, exactly. I I think I don't think that you should need to use the courier at like three minutes. Yeah. Like one side lane can maybe use the courier. No, until three minutes, you honestly shouldn't use the no. courier unless it's within that period where your mid has literally just used the courier. Yeah. To send out something. But other than that, you shouldn't have to. And you should just focus on buying more shit from the side shop. Buy chainmails, buy boots, buy stick, buy quelling blade. Like, I find it shocking that in three minutes, you farm more than boots, stick, quelling blade, chainmail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's really good farm, dude. That's really good farm if you're out farming that in three minutes. And all three I of those would items are you're not amazing. They're amazing for winning the lane. All three of those. Correct, correct. And like a lot of carries want to go. I'm assuming. I'm not sure if you're carry, but it doesn't matter. Carry off lane. You know, if you look at any off laner player right now, the three items they put in their quick buy every time: boots, stick, QB, and they always buy them. And they always buy the QB first, then the stick, then the boots. Sometimes boots first if they need the boots more. But that's so much gold. And then at that point, you can get the side shop items. Also, you can. Or sorry, the the regular shop items. You can also buy like. You know, bottle at the secret shop to give you a little bit of extra regen. Uh, you know, chainmail, ring of protection, which builds into your bassy. So, yeah, you're not going to have a bassy at three minutes, but who cares? Because you still have the armor component of it, which ring of protection is available in the side shop. Right. There's a lot of good stuff in the side shop, and you want to use it. Like, in my, in my opinion, a lot of offlaners are viable only because chainmail and ring of protection are available in the side shop. That's, that's how good those items are, like, efficiency wise. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing. Oh yeah, okay. So I I really think that there is kind of like a, a a very special science to figuring out the correct item build on heroes. And you'll see like the pros have really figured out, okay, if I can buy this chainmail here, then I don't have to use the courier later. And it gives me an effective HP like, boost of like maybe 17 extra percent which is pretty important for these early parts of the laning stage i mean certain heroes that's enough to keep them alive where they would otherwise die like yeah. if if you if you if there wasn't ring of protection chainmail in the side shop you literally couldn't play pudge off lane it wouldn't work right like going ring of protection protects you for level one and then going chainmail protects you from like level two to four and then once you have the second point in flush heap and all that armor you're unkillable Yep. But if you don't have that armor, you're very killable by most heroes. It's all a game of math. That's all it is. It's a game of math. And those yep. items are mathematically very effective. Yep. Okay. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down. Enigma's Flame, explaining things. Uh, Kin Ryoku says, hey, guys, just call me Kinri. It's way easier. Kin Ryoku. I'm calling you Kin Ryoku. Is that your actual name? That's an awesome name. Uh, question for Alchemy Answers. Often I find myself in the situation where we want to fight mid to late game, 
but then we don't really know what to do. Normally, I would say just go push mid until somebody buys back, but of course, there's always the option of taking Roshan because they missed some key heroes. In general, what is the way to go? Go for Roshan or go for the push and wait for buyback and then do Roshan later. Of course, it depends on the game and heroes, but I thought maybe there's a general rule of thumb. Uh, okay, so I would say that the general rule of thumb is, is uh, to... It depends on what rating you're at because... Like a lot of people in the lower brackets are really terrible at high grounding and they'll just lose if you go high ground, somebody buys back. But the general rule of thumb in like high level of Dota is to push because if you've taken a fight and you're in a position where you're high grounding, chances are you're in an advantageous position in the game. Uh, and if you're in an advent advantageous position in the game, the opportunity to ro Roche will present itself very frequently, very, very frequently. But the opportunity to push high ground and do some damage and force buybacks and things like that, that is a, a more infrequent occurrence. And it also depends on on how good your heroes are at taking Roche. If you have heroes that can go into Roche and take in like three seconds, yeah, then you can just go Roche because it's quick. But generally the rule of thumb is like you safely just siege and get as much damage as you can without committing. Because if you don't commit, they're not going to buy back. If they buy back, then you back out and you go Roche. And then if they fight, if they if they fight you at Roche, well, you can just wait in the Roche pit and then fight them. Then it's a fight, and they bought back somebody, and they're fucked. Right. You know, like it's it, it's definitely easier to go for the to go for the the high ground because it's like it's less. You're not just like committing into like the Roche pit. Um, but with that being said, with that being said, uh, yeah, like I mean, like you said in the question, sometimes Roching is is better. Sometimes Roching is more important. Sometimes you take it quicker. Sometimes they have really good heroes for holding high ground, like a Tinker. So why the fuck bother going to the high ground? It, it depends on the game. But the general rule of thumb is that if you control the game, you're probably going to get Roche anyway. If you don't control the game, and that's your only opportunity to Roche, then of course take it. But generally when you win a team fight, then you can, uh, you know, you're, you're already controlling the game. You'll probably build a Roche later. Yeah, and it's okay to test. Like, if you're not totally sure, you should at least try to get something aggressive. But if it seems like it's, like, maybe you, you think you're strong enough to push but then you realize you're up against like an Elder Titan and a Coddle or something like that. Like you kill everybody else, but there's an Elder Titan Coddle and it's just not going to be very fast to take their tier three when yeah. you could just take Roche. And then once you've caught the Elder Titan or the Coddle out, then you can actually push afterwards. Right, right, exactly. Once again, I, I hate to say this, but like it, it, really, de it really depends on the game. And uh, this is kind of tangential, but I've been saying a, a lot about this I, i've been saying this a lot in coaching lately where i genuinely believe that what we're all doing right now which is sitting in a chat together uh you know a stream together talking about dota and what the best way to do this is what the best way to do that is it doesn't give you rules it's like uh clear it's, it's like writing all of your thoughts down on a whiteboard where it doesn't necessarily make your thoughts any less confusing and it doesn't make your life any less busy, but it still feels good to do it. And that's because it's a confidence exercise. It's something that makes you feel like you have the tools to deal with what happens in the future. And that's what I see this as, is that you should not look for a flow chart of like how to lay out Dota. But then you also kind of can and it's okay, but not because it actually helps but because it's a confidence it helps you learn exercise. to think about it too like we're, right we're basically practicing how to think about dota and that's what's actually important right we're, not right the now we're all practicing exactly it's right. it's just practice for when the decision comes you will have more ideas that will influence your decision that that's kind of what what it is it's like you're gonna have this cloud of ideas from this discussion that we're all having right now and i'm gonna have a more cloud of ideas from like you know putting this idea out there of ideas, like a fucking mesh of ideas and shit. But uh, it, it, like those ideas are never going to replicate themselves in a future game. It's just that they will influence my decisions. And the more information that you can have and the more concepts you can internalize, the better your decision-making will be. It's just that nothing is going to really repeat itself in a, in a, in a Dota game, not exactly. Yep. Okay, Loey Val says, for Q&A, how many times... The support sits in trees, recharging mana with a clarity, while the carry takes Harash in the lane. Uh, when should support leave lane back to base to get mana filled up? 
and when rather stay right click harassing at lane uh when to sh to shrine one out of mana is it sometimes wise to use it alone how to play as a carry in these situations when support is out of mana okay that's a good question yeah it's a um, very was... specific situation but something that comes up quite often it is it does come up a lot um okay so let's see let's 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 break this down okay so your first question is when should a support leave the lane to base to get mana filled up rather than staying and right click harassing at the lane i would say anytime a support wants to go back to base kill yourself anytime a support is so unimportant to like supports are slow too like you don't generally won't have boots unless you're some hero that can get back to base really quickly or something you just go kill yourself at a tier T. Make sure that it's been 30 seconds where you haven't gotten hit by anybody and you just go off yourself. Then you TP back in and you bring your guy, your your buddy, uh, his Wraith Bands, you bring more regen for yourself and for them, and uh, th then you're good. That That's that's what supports do. So when do you shrine when you're out of mana? Is it sometimes wise to use it alone? Yes, it's sometimes wise to use it alone if your hero is really important for doing shit in the game at that moment, but I would say always ping it first to make sure that people don't need to use it because a lot of the time, if you're about to use it, people will uh, change their you know future gameplay to they'll change like their farming pattern to get to the shrine in the time that you're going to use it, and and you know you want to get as much. Ideally, you'd five man shrine if you if you could. Like the also, shrine has a cooldown, so just use your camera. Look at your mid. Is he getting kind of low in either health or mana? And if so, then probably don't use it because he's going to use it pretty soon. You can actually hold alt. If you hold alt, it'll drop down all the HPs at the top and the mana. Mm -hmm. And you can see you can see if people are out of mana. Right. That that's that's like a super broken tactic. And I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. Newsham told me that you can use alt to check all that shit. Uh, <laughs> like because we were against a bloodseeker, and he's just like, just hold alt and you'll see if people are low HP. It's like holy fuck, this makes laning against bloodseekers so much easier. Yeah. Like I know if people are low. So yeah, you use that alt thing. Like get used to using it. It's 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 really good. So how should a carry play in these situations when a support is out of mana? Carry can go pull. Carry can use creep aggro tricks to pull creep uh, creep aggro into tower. Uh, the carriage wants to play like defensive. The carriage wants to play to to CS creeps unless they're huge. I would say the carry doesn't change their gameplay. The gameplay stays the same. It's just that you don't have a support there helping. Yep, I do want to say like also that sometimes like if you are a support and you have a clarity in your backpack you can utilize the clarity while you are pulling like that's a great time to use a clarity yeah it is you don't always have to kill yourself if you have like a clarity available to you and you're getting kind of low on mana and it's a good time to pull just go ahead and use the clarity go pull because by the time you come back to lane after pulling you'll probably have used the entire clarity duration right you you would like you'd like to ideally pair up your like clarity timings in doing something that's still effective like Stacking is a good example. Pulling, running between lanes, um, you know, going to pick up bounty runes. Like anytime you would want to be running somewhere, you may as well be claritying. Just it's just yeah, it's know, it's, it's not so it's not good. <laughs> it's just so good. And there's plenty of situations where you want to just be walking towards shit anyway. So yeah, and you're not doing anything else, so you may as well clarity. Souls. Uh, how do I decide whether it's my job to sit in the dead lane and de-push versus applying pressure with my mid laner, off laner as a five or four? When I'm playing techies, I like to take over the dead lane. If nobody else takes it and I can walk out there without losing too much efficiency, but I'm generally looking for a way to place more aggressive mines once I get my area set up. Not, not sure um, as the role in general, whether that's the case. Okay. That's a re relatively complicated question, to be completely honest with you. And and I, I know that uh, I've said that to like a dozen things here, but what you're what you're talking about is a question of when to implement, like looking at the enemy draft, looking at your draft, like when to implement that strategy. Which in Dota right now there aren't that many like strats. There's like six that pros are running, like I concepts. That pros are doing like of course there's all the simple ones like last hitting and ganking and no i'm talking about like high level concepts such as one support playing the dead lane while everybody else farms elsewhere on the map like positioning like position of your entire team like those sorts of strats like okay like what do they call in football where you know you see the coach who has like the thing the and playbook. the whiteboard yeah the playbook like the plays like that thing that you're describing sitting in the safe lane that's a play and that's one of the good ones right now that people are still doing and still do that on techies. 
So basically my answer for you here is just that almost always it's good to do that because that is a very fucking good play that everybody's doing right now. Can I talk about the six strats a bit more? Okay, without going into too much detail, I can. Uh, so yeah, that that play is a good position to hold on the map generally just because if you are doing that, it's because you have a hero who's very good at holding the dead lane. And if you're very good at holding the dead lane, then it means you can be down there alone and your team can be elsewhere doing shit safely. And you can basically farm three lanes that way. And then you can also prevent them from getting the most important tower. So I would say like, if you have their tier one safe lane, that's a like a hundred percent of the time, fucking 100, you should hold your safe lane tower. Because if you're just holding your safe lane tower and you have their safe lane tower, you're taking like two thirds of the map. You're taking three bounty runes every time. Like you control over three bounty runes. It is disgusting to do that. So that is one of the number one situations. And once again, going back to this, I can talk about this forever. This is one of those things where I'm not going to give you rules to follow because Dota doesn't work like that. It's an art. You have to take all of the crazy information that's in your game that's coming to you and just make a, a decision. It might be right. It might be wrong. You just want to make the best decision and have confidence in doing it. So yeah, if you can do that, it's generally really good. Sometimes there's no point in doing that because you're going to lose the tower anyway to something like a Pugna or if the tower is really low, then you don't need to be playing there. Sometimes they have heroes that can dive you. Sometimes you're not a hero that can hold the safe lane very well. Um, sometimes they have an Aga Siren, and what's the point of holding your towers versus an Aga Siren? She wants to go fucking late game anyway. So what, are you going to go late against an Aga? No, you want to be aggressive. So that that's kind of that, the, the, the um, uh, what's it called? Uh, constraints. Those are kind of the, the like, ideas that you want to think about when, when making a decision like that. So those six strats, like when I'm talking about like strats or plays, there's like, you know, holding a high ground, defending a ward, uh, sitting in the Roche pit and like baiting a fight without actually taking Roche and setting wards up like preemptively for that. That's the secret play. It's like yeah, se yeah. secrets Mo number one. Moving into your own jungle on a ward that you placed when you were swinging out of that area in the first place after holding a high ground. So the enemy team's really pushing in two lanes um, and then smoking to the one lane that's shoved in. So smoking to like the enemy's area because you know they're going to be pushing that one lane because it's the only lane that they can go to when you're in an advantageous position. So like the plays, the, any plays you see pros make, there's obviously going to be a couple of them, like a few of them that teams have come up with since I learned these plays. There's going to be different ones that teams are, they're tier one teams, like they're ahead of the curve. That's the whole point. Here's another so there's really ones good that one. They, which is what was that? here's another really good play, which is when this can be pretty difficult to coordinate in pubs, but it, it's very game winning, which is that you take a fight kind of like near the enemy base, you win the fight and then you shove out the waves, but like maybe you're not quite strong enough to actually go high ground yet. Or um, yeah, that's, that's like kind of the scenario. Like you're not quite strong enough to go high ground. Maybe they still have, um, I guess this is probably better if you don't wipe them because if you wipe them, you just go high ground. But if you kill like two heroes or one hero or something like that, then instead of going high ground, you shove out the waves. And then this is especially effective if Roshan is up. You pretend to go to Rosh, but you actually just smoke and you sit on their high ground right outside of their base because they're going to assume that you're going to go for Rosh next or go like oh, split dude. up. And then you just sit there That's on their classic. high ground. And then they're like, oh shit, okay, well, we lost one guy. But they've, they've left the area. Yeah, we so have to get the Roche. Then they walk out of their base, you kill them, and you just immediately go high ground. When I fucking love that play, dude. Yeah. I've, I've said that in, like, top games where it's an even game, and then I, it just clicks in my head. It's like, they think we're fucking roaching right now. Like, stand right here, everybody. Yep. And then some Crystal Maiden walks up, gets obliterated, and then you just take high ground. It's like, fuck, that was an even game. Yeah. <laughs> that was an even game up until that point. Yep. Yeah, that feels amazing. That is a really good play. But yeah, it's it's like it's like strats like that. Those those are more so like plays. Um, I guess well, I kind of melded the things together. But what I was referring to at the start was more like positions to hold on the map to farm efficiently, and then fights happen. And then there's like transition periods between those positions that you're holding on the map, and that's where like Roche plays and stuff will come in. Is those like transitions? Like okay, we've taken all their towers on their side. We want we want to move to our side. How do we do that the most effectively? Do we go ward and do this? Do we fake back and go roche? Do we pretend that we're roaching? How do we kill them to get onto our side of the map without walking up their high ground? You know, because then you die if you do that. Like you're holding high ground, they're holding high ground. Yeah, Dota's 
quite crazy at that at that level. But uh, generally, you can you can simplify and, and come up with like five to ten more, maybe more, maybe less things that pro teams are mostly doing at at a, at a given point. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I guess the thing is like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that used to be plays before is just so obvious to us now as Dota players after playing for so long. Mm-hmm. If you played for a few years, you probably know like, oh, mid makes a if mid gets a haste, you can push out the mid wave and get a and get a, a you know a haste rune because you push it out, so you get rune control. Like that was like tech at a point. You know, Remember that was when like roaming was like the hot new thing. People were like, Dude, oh, yeah. as a four, you don't have to sit in the sit in the off lane. You can go mid and kill people and then come back and kill people and then go mid and kill people. Like roaming? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like BH as a as a as a support. What the fuck? That was crazy. BH and Ricky. Dude, BH and Ricky are like exclusively supports now. Yeah. Those were that was an off laner and a carry. Like, think about that. That shit was tech at a point. That was like, oh my god, this team came up with this fucking brilliant new strat. Alk Midas, or sorry, Alk Radiance Manta. I remember when that was like, was that Ferrari 430? Man, I don't the, even did, know. Like, did that first? That was like his like epic tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Dota's crazy and cool. And if you just look at what the pros are doing and try to understand it, you can just come up with all the new shit and just win insanely easy matches. In your like pubs, because... Magic Luna, or like <laughs> pulling offlane creeps because nobody even does that in Low Immortal, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm gonna play this losing lane. Why? You know how creeps work. Pros have demonstrated that you can't lose any lane because creeps are just broken and need to be fixed. Why not just Why not just abuse the creeps? Yeah, I'm still blown wow. away that in my games I have people who. I will I'll be a support and I'll end up back in base whether I died or like went back to base and I'll be like, hey, drop your items. I'll bring them to you. And then they just don't respond. And then they buy a chain mail with the courier and send it out to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> My God. My God. Okay. Let's move on. We've been talking about this for a while. So Prime Operator says, why is Tiny getting picked a lot more since last patch? Um, I personally think that he's really good against a lot of trending heroes. Uh, he's very good against these like really important burstable supports like Shadow Demon, like Oracle. And a lot of these heroes are trending and competitive. And if it's trending and competitive, it's going to trend in like every single pub. Um, with that being said, Tiny's also like a lane dominator. And I think Tiny does really well against a lot of heroes. And he's also a generic like catch-all hero where there's very few cheese picks that you can pick against a tiny where you're going to be like oh i wish we didn't have a tiny like meepo tiny is an aoe stun huskar tiny can lane pretty well against a huskar tiny can burst a huskar um fuck od even like tiny can lane an od uh broodmother tiny destroys broodmother in lane you know there's there's just a lot that there's a lot that tiny does for you in a draft and he just like doesn't basically what i'm saying is the heroes that are against tinies the, the heroes that are against you in games have changed and tiny's good against those that's basically it also tiny just he's just a hero that doesn't really ever like create a bad situation for you i don't think i've ever seen a draft where it's like oh no we picked a tiny he's gonna get hard countered and we lose it's just like okay we have a tiny and maybe they have a couple of heroes oh, that are decent against, it. against tiny it's gonna suck it's gonna suck when Tiny denies every single creep in lane against Snakes because right. he has eighty base damage. Like exactly. Tiny doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. Okay, Lost Hypnotic says, "Hey guys, it's been a while since I've been both busy with life." Hey, that's good, man. I mean, I hope it's good busy. Hope it's a good busy. Uh, putting into practice what you've taught me up until now. Question as a support: uh, When do you or what do you do when your carry can't get last hits, nor do they listen to calls for rotations made on them? Uh, I've been practicing a lot of Dazzle. It's something I've been running into a lot. Is it something I'm doing wrong? And if so, what can I do to improve it? If your carry can't get last hits, you should just take them. Like, it's better for somebody to take the last hits. And I don't care if the person's going to get angry at you. you. You take the last hits. Like, that's what pro supports do. There's a reason for it. Because sometimes your carry can't get last hits. It's impossible. Um, if you I'm, have somebody I'm, on I'm, your team who, won't, who, like, is missing very obvious missing calls like somebody walked through ward you ping it out and you're like hey somebody's coming and then they die to that person 
just go to the other lane and help your other heroes. Allow your person to just be a useless dead weight. That's that's my advice as somebody who plays a lot of support. If you have somebody who's actively trying to lose the game because they just are completely unaware, let them make space. Let them make space. Yeah. Like use them as a use them as a space creator. Who cares? Yep. They're an offlaner. Support somebody else. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, I, I was kind of thinking like, if you mean they're just bad at CSing because they're idiots and, or maybe like they're just being belligerent, then yeah, just support somebody else. But if it's a lane where it's just really hard, you want to like, you know, shove the lane and then, uh, take CS while you can, but that's all like you'd use the heal bomb yeah. and then pull. And then when it's under tower, you let the carry take CS, just constantly shove the lane and pull. And then the carry will get occasional CS under the tower. The lane should never be just stagnant in a position if you want to get cs on your carry that should never happen yep so, uh, yeah yeah that's about it uh i also don't think dazzle's a good five like a lot of these heroes that you guys are questioning in here they're not good heroes and um yeah, yeah just being you know brutally honest you're not going to gain mmr playing like dog shit heroes that's not going to happen that's not what pros do pros pick broken shit like yep. the meta shifts if enchantress is re a really good hero and everybody's picking it and it's in half of the games of dota you can't just go picking like heroes that get shit on by enchantress all the time and and uh you know like the thing with dota is that heroes are so unique and overpowered and you know all the heroes are overpowered so it's okay nobody's overpowered but that still means that if you're paying playing a hero that is countered in the game you can be so fucking useless it's unbelievable you could be really good at the game and still look like you have no idea what you're doing if you're hard countered in a game. Like, legitimately, I have seen games where the best player by several hundred or even a thousand MMR is playing a, a matchup where they are hard countered and they just get fucking destroyed by people who are way worse than them. The, amount, the amount of Kunkas destroying Invokers that I've seen since the Invoker persona, <laughs> it's just disgusting. You have these really good Invokers... I even watch what is it? Was his name is Stormstormer? He's playing mm -hmm. for Gorgsey's team. Yeah, he's a big yeah. invoker player. He's like a platinum twenty-five invoker top hundred EU player, right? This guy's eight K. He's a fucking god, and he got first phased invoker, and they just kunkud, and he was like one in seven, and just yeah. two levels below the kunka at all points, and it just the lead got bigger and bigger and bigger because. That's just Dota. You have a hero that gets hard countered and a hero that's not very good where it's not good enough to justify it if it gets hard countered. And you have one of these people who's like one of the best on the planet at it. Can't make it work. Yep. Because that's just Dota. It's such an, it's an extreme game. Heroes do ridiculous things. Like Nature's Prophet literally globally teleports. Like think about that for a second. He presses the mouse, mouse somewhere on the map and he's there on a 20 second cooldown. Yeah, it's pretty what busted. What is that shit? And that's not even a good hero. He's not even good. So yeah, you you need to make sure that uh, you need to make sure that you're picking good good heroes. Yeah, and as a five, I just want to kind of circle back to the question of five, just to maybe give you some other options beside Dazzle. As a five, you basically want to pick a hero that is going to have high impact spells throughout the entire game, regardless of what farm you have. And Dazzle is one of and. You also probably want to have some form of survivability because as Dazzle, your entire job is to use your heal at the right time and then grave somebody. That like That's all you can do as a five. You have no stun. You can't set up for anybody. You can't make plays. You stand around and wait for one of your other teammates to get low and then you save them. Now contrast that with somebody like an Abaddon who's kind of in the same vein. No stun heals but he has a strong dispel which means that you can completely nullify a bunch of extremely powerful spells you can run in and not die and yeah. just like take a bunch of damage and be completely fine you could like break smokes and run into team fights because the enemy team like doesn't want to kill you and then if you win the fight you can melt buildings because you have a passive that makes all of your strong heroes around you attack with like 100 extra attack speed which is rid ridiculous yeah yeah, I, I, that's always a big criticism that I have when I coach people these days is like, dog, you're picking, you know, you're picking a hero that has very limited control over the game yeah. and a hero that's just generally not picked that much these days for, for that reason. 
So why don't you just make your life a lot easier? You know, yeah. why not? It's like all about Dota is all about ease of execution. It's a very complicated game. I think if you pick Dazzle, he has to be like a four or a core. Like I think that's that's the only way the hero works because I'm not even sure with Dazzle right now because because yeah. like I haven't seen it work in a long time. I haven't seen it work. So until we see the the tech with it at like a pro level, I'm I'm like holding off. You know, like if people weren't doing the Weeha Wind Ranger build right now, probably a terrible hero. Yeah. But he came up with this like build that you know he's done forever, and and he showed people how to play it. So now that we know how to play it, it's 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 a good hero because like all of these little nuances in Dota, it matters a lot. I saw quite a people running Dazzle against Ember mid because it like poops on Ember mid. I didn't see that work though. Like but I didn't. But then they see lost that... the game. Yeah. <laughs> because like yeah, it's like a lane counter, but then you have a Dazzle mid and Ember just does right. fine. It's Ember. Yeah. That's that's a thing. That's a that's the funny thing is like any a lot of the time people would counter Ember and then you should have this random hero mid that's not good for the game. Right. Anyway, Hockey Lunar says, "How much regen to buy during the lane? Is there too much? I buy my carry so much. Tango's mango selves just to keep him in the lane. CSing obviously sacrifices my item timings. I would say reasonably like your starting regen should be like you know two Tango's salve." couple of mangoes something like that depending on your hero if you're if you're a five obviously like you'll have less you'll have like half of that but um and then you die once and bring the same amount back i think that's fine that's that's like acceptable mm -hmm. and, and then and then after that you should probably be buying if you want more like laning prowess you should probably be buying like bracers and shit these like really cost efficient stat items instead or a stick which gives you regen oh yeah of course fight. a stick is, a stick is <laughs> absolutely like a stick is the first thing you should purchase in almost any lane, unless you're a melee hero and you should get a quelling blade. Yep. A melee hero and a core. It's like stick boots. Any hero, stick boots. That's it. Yep. Period. Like, yeah, that's that's basically it. But carry, like, occasionally go wraith ban. Like, two wraith bans or something. If you're totally free farming and, and nothing really matters, you can go for it. Yep. How to combo skill timings so that players back and don't want to trade back with you, essentially making them unable to trade one-for-one -one attacks, e.g. waiting for the Wyvern Q to combo with the W plus carry spell. Should you be combining every time? Uh, No, I'd say, like, you combine if you want to kill people. Uh, you don't... You can just use your shit off cooldown, generally. Like, you just use your stuff off cooldown if you think that you have better trading than they do. In general, it's just use stuff off cooldown. But it is nice to like, you know, have your spell to like zone them while you're pulling or something like that. Like it is, it is good to combine timings like that, mm -hmm. where like you're a wyvern and you use your Q. It's like okay, I could use my Q now, or I could wait two seconds and use my Q to zone while I'm pulling. Like that's a good yes. way to secure a pull. If you secure a pull, you get more levels. You get more levels, then you can you 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 tip the balance of regen in the lane. Yeah, I think this is one of those areas, kind of like the order in which you buy items to create an item build um that has a lot of min max potential but it's not something you necessarily need to worry about until you're at like the immortal level because it's not going to make very much difference um sure. that being said you definitely don't want to just like willy-nilly use your mana in lane if if there is a specific power spike that's coming up like at level three you can definitely get a kill but if you don't have mana because you use it all at level one and two then you completely like nullified your ability to get a kill which is a big problem it's another one of those things like de depends on the game <laughs> yep uh but yeah like com combining stuff is is generally going to be fine but also like you don't want to just wait a shitload of time and not use your spells you want to like try to use most of your mana in the lane okay um so we can take questions from chat now, and while we're waiting for chat, I can answer Soul's last question here. Sure, we can we can answer it. So Soul says, oh, uh, Souls says, say that ten, ten times fast for God's sakes." Uh, says, "What are the easier to play meta fours and fives that I should learn?" So let me look at Dota Two Pro Tracker. Um, Grimstroke. Yeah, Grimstroke. Grimstroke's really good. Grim's been good for a while, although he's kind of trending. It's trending downward a little bit, but uh, Earthshaker is possibly the best four right now. Earthshaker and Rubik are both really good, but Rubik's hard. Earthshaker's easy. Uh, Shadow Shaman is fucking amazing on five and four. Yep. Treant, Ancient Apparition, 
Treant is trending. A is trending upward. Uh, they're not like top picks. Spirit Breakers. Ooh, damn, do you know Sky has a 55% win rate? What? Really? Yeah. Mind Control played it. Hmm. What? It's super fast. I feel like any any really fast hero has potential in the offlane because you can just avoid harass. Um, yeah, my, Mind Control played, I think, mid. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd say that Willow is... If you're good with Willow, it's a hero that you can pull off right now. As a Willow's forward. good right now. Yeah, Willow's strong right now. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Warlock has fallen off, but it's still definitely a very good hero. Like, they nerfed Fatal Bonds, but they didn't really nerf Fatal Bonds because that's I think Warlock has fallen off because hero, like, heroes are better against him. Like, Slark is the third most picked hero. Yeah. You just purge everything Warlock does. Uh, Legion has picked a lot. You just purge everything Warlock does. Right. Like, there's a lot of heroes that are... If you're Enchantress, you, you literally purge the Warlock shit. If he uses it to heal, if he uses it on you, you don't care. Right. And you don't get... Like, there's a lot of heroes that just don't give a single fuck about Warlock that are getting picked right now. That, that's kind of that's kind of I don't think Warlock has changed in terms of the nerfs did nothing to him absolutely yeah. nothing the meta changing did a lot to him all right so all speed right, watch chat. or speed yeah. speed round for chat yeah yeah okay is Sky good this patch yes Sky is good fifty five percent win rate pro games I want to play some Sky actually I really want to play Sky that's your hero that dude Enchantress and Sky are my fucking heroes dude and they're <laughs> both good uh, i can't wait to get on and play tonight oh my god all right i haven't played dota in so long it's been like three days <laughs> <laughs> oh my god when do you want to shave the beards man change is good can you see my beard on camera is it visible uh i don't shave my beard because this is basically where it grows on my face it's very patchy elsewhere but this grows in and like less than 24 hours and so it's just way more of a hassle to shave it every single day and i don't like shaving very much so i just let it grow out and keep it trimmed ellie ellie told me that i that i look really sexy with a little bit of scruff so like i took that to heart yeah also I, also my fiance likes my beard so oh cool cool okay well, I yeah I did, I, it's like a nice confidence boost well i stream jenkins yes twitch.tv slash 420 jenkins go follow it now so after this stream you can watch me stream some 7.2k pubs undying love that hero i've sort of figured out how to play him to be effective in pubs and i won 10 straight games on it before losing my last two but i definitely think the hero is really good here's the thing his ultimate is literally a three three times heartstopper aura if you start the fight with it on it's really really strong uh and the fact that it gives him a thousand or sixteen hundred HP is absolutely ridiculous, um, and you pretty much need to play the hero as a like saving hero. You sit around in the back lines, and you soul rip the right person, and then you run in with your fat body and you melt people just by being near them. It's pretty amazing. Drop tombstone yep. when necessary. Yep, agreed. Dude, people are playing Sky as an offlaner. Really, thirty-three played Sky as well. 33 and Mind Control both played Sky. And they're playing it mid, too. We and Iceberg are playing a lot of Sky mid. Can't seem to get over 650 GPM playing position one, even when I'm winning. Free farming the triangle and lane as well. How can I figure out what I'm missing? Go back and watch your replay and see how much time you're wasting. And maybe watch... It's a lot. I guarantee you it's probably a lot more than you're expecting. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that you're... You're probably one of those players that will like, you'll have this rotation and then you won't switch it up based on the time on the clock. And so sometimes you'll finish farming your rotation and then you'll have to wait 30 to 40 seconds for the creeps to then be available again to farm again. And you can put yourself in a situation where you just have nothing to do other than like run to the opposite side of the map to get farm. And you're obviously not gonna do that. So pay attention to the clock. It's a really, really big part of playing carry effectively. I guarantee if you just if you look at the replay, you'll see shit that you're doing that's just, like, awful. Because yeah. in retrospect, it's always so obvious. It's so obvious. All right, let's... let's uh, do you think Diffusal is good versus Morph? No, not really. He, burning his mana doesn't really do anything anymore. It used to be good when Morph costed mana, but... I think the idea that Anti-Mage counters Morph is just not, like, good anymore. I don't know. I mean, 
what counters more if like AA spirit silences. vessel silences, yeah. AA, yeah. YouTube doesn't allow uh questions. I DM'd you on Discord. Uh okay. doesn't allow questions. YouTube doesn't allow questions. Longer questions, he said. It must have been like, <laughs> what? A, like a multi uh, I main, thing. I want a main Luna. Uh, how viable is Luna position three and four K MMR? Extremely viable. Pros are doing it. Like yeah. it's trending. It's it's going to be a thing. If it's it's not a thing yet in low rate of bugs, it's going to be a thing because it's a thing in pro matches. Yeah. Can you schedule the live stream on the day of so we get notified? That's a good idea. That is a really good idea. Yes, That's we can. a really good idea, and we should do that. I saw that somebody else say that we should put our schedule in the banner as well, which we should definitely do. I can definitely do we that. We should so. do that. Yeah, yeah. But Henry was using a scheduling thing for his, and I liked that. I, I We had so many people come to chat when I was doing this, and they're like, oh, I'm chilling, waiting for the Henry stream. Like, people mm -hmm. wait for it if they see the, the calendar. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, I've been crushing in all my games. When I play ranked, I still crush, but you lose. Why? Uh, you're probably not crushing. Yeah. Probably not crushing. That's uh, That sounds like the typical, very typical, like, dota mentality and i say that with love and respect i say that as somebody who also has the same the same problem as as that like i i feel like i'm doing fine and then i look at the replay when i finally realized what it was i was doing wrong it's like i was not crushing yep i, I love this question crushing. what are the biggest problems in 3k versus 4k versus 5k um it's it's there's always a couple different things like 3k i think a huge problem is people just having zero understanding of what their role is supposed to do and basically just kind of like clicking buttons and hoping for the best most of the time. I think in 4K, you start to have a bit more understanding of what roles do, but nobody wants to play their role. They all want to carry. And in 5K, I think the biggest problem is that everybody thinks that they're actually an immortal player and they're not. And so you end up with people who are trying to captain and trying to assume that everybody else is worse than them when they are actually just as big, if not the biggest part of the problem. And then you get to low immortal and people think that they're high immortal players because, oh, they're immortal now. And it's actually like 2000 MMR difference. Yeah. And they feed relentlessly and do stupid shit. Oh, and, and I, uh, I will say that one big difference between, like, Ancient and Divine players is that Divine players actually try to pick to win the game most of the time. And true. Ancient, ancient yeah, players I, are just like, I'm going to play this hero. Completely agree with that. Because when I originally got the, like, quote-unquote Smurf, it's, you know, it's like a 6K count. So it's basically the same bracket as my main. Same games, I'm just one of the lower rated. Which is still bullshit, but nowhere near as bullshit as playing an Ancient as, like, a Divine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could say that like when I first got it and I was climbing out of the ancient bracket, it was like I could just pick Necrophos and nobody would fucking counter pick me. And it's like, why? Why am I allowed to have this free game? Yeah. And then I would start doing that in like the lower mortal bracket and I pick Necro and instantly like jug Pugna. And it's like, fuck, my game is ruined. Now I can't carry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to rely on my team to carry. Oh, my team can't carry. Now I'm losing. Yep. Like, picking is a huge part of the game. Huge. Yeah. Does Dota get less toxic at 5k? Uh, no, it gets less toxic based on your behavior score, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a rough one out there. It's definitely a rough one out there. All right, let's take three more questions real quick. Okay, okay. What do you think of Pugna right now? I'm boosting some accounts with him. I feel like he's really strong. Tell me, tell me guys, notice Senpai. I think Pugna is good. It's trending. Pros are picking it, decent amount. People are experimenting with it, mostly on mid and off lane. It's a tempo hero, so it seems pretty good for boosting. Um, Does it make sense to focus on only one part of the game when improving and ignoring a lot of the other game's aspects? Fucking yes, so much. Yep. Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question. I always to say that to, I always say that to people after coaching, and sometimes I'm not sure if they get it or not, and. It might take weeks, it might take months, it might take days, but eventually people will get it. If you genuinely get better at this game quickly, you will get it. You have to treat every individual component of this game like it's a different puzzle and you have to solve it because if you solve like how to play around siege creeps better or if you solve how to get more bounty runes in a game, you will gain 500 to 1000 MMR. So it is so effective to focus on and master these things. Like Dota completely rewards you for mastering things. 
So yes, yes, you should focus on that because of Dota and then also because of you're a human and that's psychology. Yep. Um, all right, let's see. Anything else? Bane is better as a five, period. And yes. um, let's see. How to come back from a behavior score drop plus losing streak? Go watch my video on the behavior score system. It's very straightforward. I give you steps to increase your behavior score, and if you increase your behavior score, chances are you're probably winning games as well. In my opinion, like racism is really good. Uh, people really love racism. And that's the end of the stream there. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, go check out Jenkins' stream, 420 Jenkins on Twitch. Uh, thanks as always to our patrons for the questions. And thank you to okay, chat yeah, for the yeah. questions as well. Um, make sure that you go check out the shirts. Vote on a shirt that you want. We're picking the design. We're going to start getting some merch out there and uh we will see you for the next stream very soon